Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if a story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome to episode number five of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Robbie Anton, and I'm joined this week, as I am by every, uh, as I am every week, by the man who has just started up a GoFundMe page so that he can set up his very own platypus milking farm. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you, mate? Oh, good, Robbie. I'm fantastic, mate. I'm fa- I thought you were going to say I set up my own pineapple growing <laughs> after, after last week's episode. Well, I, was, I was thinking about saying that you should set up the uh, Cop- Coprophagics Anonymous Society. I thought it's probably a bit of, you know... <laughs> Probably going a bit too far. Seems to be a real theme we've got in these podcasts. Yeah. Every week we're talking about something dirty yeah. or disgusting. Yeah, or... mum said to me, oh, <laughs> gee, gee, we're just going to start trying to knock off all the poo talk. I go, oh, gee, where's mum? Give me a break. Yeah, we're vets. Yeah, this is what we this have to deal with. This is what we do. This is what we do. Yeah, exactly. yeah. This is what I went to uni to be able to do, is to be able to deal with this stuff. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the quick disclaimer, guys, uh, all advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if there's anything you think we've missed or anything that you need more clarification on. Very good. Thanks, Robbie. Look, how's your week been, mate? How's, how's everything going? I'm doing all right, thanks, mate. You know, we're uh, into uh, into school holidays, so, you know, trying to keep uh, keep the kids uh, active and keep interested. Them yes. Stop them hanging off the walls <laughs> and banging cars into walls. Hey, so, what about drawing on the walls? Drawing on yeah. the walls, yes, yeah. You know, there's, um, there's that, you know. There's a, it's always hard when you go when you get told, look, Daddy, here's a beautiful picture of a rainbow and you and me walking at the bottom <laughs> of the rainbow, and it's all over the lounge room wall. It's it you know one part of you goes oh and the other part of you goes yeah. and it's you know it's just hard you know you can't be cross when when you present it with oh, that. But, no, oh they, man, yeah. when they look at you though, those puppy dog the eyes. The puppy dog eyes. <laughs> Yes. No, I did it because I love you, Daddy. Yes, that's right. I drew this for you. I yes. drew it for you. This is me creating something for you because I love you, you know. Well, Why is there steam coming out of your ears? Well, the thing is, I'm the best you know, the best thing I've found for the kids babysitting these holidays. Yeah. Commonwealth Games. The Commonwealth Games. Hasn't they been fantastic? Oh, oh gee, we, you know. There's, some, there's been some, some results that have just been unbelievable, haven't there? Oh, it's just fantastic that the Commonwealth Games, it really gives Australia a chance of being able to, uh, you know, well, forget about ball tampering, you know. Um <laughs> Forget about the fact that Collingwood's rubbish, you know. Um, you know, and something we, else to focus on. Just something else to focus on and something to, to just go, oh, isn't it great to be Australian? Well, you speaking know? of focusing on something, I mean, yes, the response and the, the, the listeners, you guys out there, you've actually given us our own gold medal the last Our last, own gold medal, yes. Fortnight. We are number one under pets 
in the iTunes podcast. Wow. And number one under vets in the iTunes podcast. So Fantastic. It's gold, gold, gold. Got the two vets talk pets. Gee whiz, I feel so proud, mate. You know, I've never won anything in my life, Lewis. <laughs> you know, this is fantastic. You know, I kind of feel like we bradbreed it a little bit, you know, but no, it's, it's hard work. It's dedication, you know. You're trying to say all the other podcasters have given up? Oh, no, they all well, fell, fell over. They fell, fell over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two of them fell over, one got pulled down, and we skated through going, well, geez, this is all right, you know? Well, there are only three podcasts under pets. No, well, well, there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Mum said that to me the other day as well. She said, do you know that you're number 28 on the on the show? And I go, yeah, but out of how many, Mum? Is it out of, like, 29 or 30? <laughs> yeah, but that's, we're doing all right. We're yeah, doing okay. but it's thanks to you listeners. You're obviously enjoying our podcast, which is great. We're loving the feedback that we're getting. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. So, so please, you know, you know, keep it, keep it coming, and um, and and thank you, thank you to everyone for, for everything you put in. So, I guess you know, it's, it's, it is school holidays at the moment, but Absolutely. something I do want to really touch on, touch on this week is, Go for it, mate. is um, I had a, a neighbour the other day. I was, I was sort of uh, walking the kids to school, and yeah, and she was there trying to walk her dog. Uh, Pammy, Pammy, the dog. Pammy, yep. all names have been changed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Narelle was saying, no, look, Pammy really doesn't want to go to school pickup. Right. No, we're walking to, to the school, and as soon as she realises we're not walking around the block or going yeah. to the park, the anchors go on. Right. I'm not going there. I, I don't want to go there. And she said, what can I do about this? And of yeah. course, I, I put on my veterinary, you know, my my behaviour hat. Behaviour hat. Yes. And and, uh, and I, I said, well. You could pay me lots of money, and I could give you a really thorough explanation as to why Pammy doesn't, you know, how to get Pammy to walk to school and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. My response to her was, "Don't take her. Don't take her. If she doesn't want to go to school, it's why does she that. have to go to school? Yeah. I said, why isn't she enjoying school? Oh, she gets there and the kids come up to her and they pat her and she's backing away. She doesn't really like young children apart from <laughs> the ones in the house. Jeez. And I said, well, I said, gosh, well. You know, school's five minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like we're walking for an hour and a half to get to school and yeah. it's a walk for the day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could think about, you know, walking Pammy another time or leaving Pammy at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then that way, well, obviously there's a risk as well. If Pammy's not liking kids oh, coming up to For sure, it, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Um, and, and I'll see that all the time. At the front of the school, you know, you go, you go to the front of the school and it's... Um, in the morning, all the dogs are, are lined up, tied up to the fence. Yes, yeah. You know, and the, uh, obviously the owners or the mums or dads, they've gone in to pick up the kids. Yes. And the dogs are left out there, almost a free-for-all. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yes, uh, no, no control. They're not being supervised or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other, uh, the other day as well, I saw two dogs have a fight. It was a, bo- a boxer and a Labrador boxer was tied up. Labrador was walking with the owner. And the... Um, and the box is just gone at the Labrador. It's oh, obviously geez. gone to two oh, no. places. You know? yeah. There's little kids everywhere. Oh, crying. You know, little prep, oh, no. preppy, prep kids, prep age yep. kids. And I just thought, you know, why do people insist you know, on taking their dogs? I know I can see if there's, there is a bit, I think, of a, a sort of a family involvement. We want the dog to be part the of the family. The dog's part of the family. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. But if it's not enjoying it, yeah. and if it doesn't like kids coming up to it, and there is a risk that the child's going to get bitten out in front, front of the school. Yeah, yeah. And I do hear about it occasionally, unfortunately, where you know the the kid, you know, the kids come out of the school, the dog's tied up. Yeah. And and they approach the dog and snap. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's how quick it can because, happen. Because because the dogs 
uh, highly agitated, you know, like there's all the noise, there's the yes. kids and all that sort of stuff, and the dog's on edge. Yes. Um, and if a kid gets into the dog's space and the dog feels like there's nothing it can do, yes. then that's often <clears throat> the way that they react, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and, and one of the, certainly one of the risks, increased risks of dog bite is having a dog tied up. Because they can't go anywhere. Exactly. Well, yeah. they can't go anywhere. They can't escape. Yes. But also they can get a bit of frustration in that they get to the end of the where they're, they're believed. Where they're tethered they're, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they can sort of control. They can't get away. They, they get quite a build-up of frustration. So then when somebody approaches into that area, yeah. they can really let release that frustration and sometimes that can be seen as aggression. So, yeah, gee whiz. So, look, look the take-home, I think, for... for, for um, for any sort of dog owners who you know want to take the dog to the to the to the school, really think about you know is there a possibility that my dog's a risk to other to to yeah. to, to, to um to kids? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Does my dog really enjoy being there? You know, yeah. do, do I tie them up and they whine and they whimper and they bark and they say come back? Well, yeah. Unless then they're not enjoying it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Kids approach. Are they backing away? Yeah. Is there as I always say, is there licking of the lips? Yes. Or is there yawning? Yawning. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're learning. Yawning. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm taking yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, these are behaviour signs to show that your dog's not particularly comfortable in that situation. Yeah. And you need to just think logically. You know, yeah. I could have, you know, like I said, I could charge Narelle a whole concert, go out to a home and we yeah. have a big chat and, yep. you know, this is how you get Pammy to walk to school with you and this yep. is what we need to do. But it's simple. Yeah. Pammy doesn't want to go to the school. Yeah, yeah. Leave Pammy at home and go for a walk to the park later in the day. Yeah, leave Pammy at, at, at home. Drop the kids off at school. Then when you come back, there ain't no kids on the street because all the kids are, are, are at school. Exactly. What a perfect time to go yeah, for a walk. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're right. Gee, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, and it's though sometimes people you just need to sit back, don't you? You need to sit back and look at things from. You, know, you can get very insular when you're sitting there and you're going, I I want I want this to happen. Yes. This is this is the situation that I want to have happen. Yes. When you probably should be looking at it and going, well, what. What do they want? What, yes. what What is the best yes. thing for them? Yes. Because in the end, the best thing for them is going to be the best thing for you because that's going to reduce down the, the pressure for, for you yes. and, and absolutely <coughs> reduce down the the, um, yeah, the risk of something bad happening yes. because, geez, you don't want to be that you don't want to be that parent. You don't want to be that parent whose dog beat a kid at no, school because, no. oh, my no. goodness, you know. That'd be terrible. Spot on. Spot yeah. on. Exactly. So yeah, look, yeah, it's just the best part is just to read your dog's body language, I think, and just just try and like you say, get a bit of an understanding of what do they want and not necessarily doing exactly you know what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but you you something a bit bit sort of uh, along the same lines of, you know, walking your dog and, and those sorts of things, but something you wanted to raise today was um was knee Surgery or knee injury, the yeah. else was it? Yeah, cru crucian injuries, mate. Cruciate. So, um, right. so, so crucian injuries. Everybody knows the good old ACL. Yeah, we're, we're in the yes. footy season yes. now, and um, very you know, common. So there'll football, be uh, yeah. yeah, common common football and sockets that the twisty, turny injuries where then um the 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 players they they rupture their anterior cruciate ligament. Well, not a lot of people know that dogs have an anterior cruciate. We call it a cranial cruciate ligament. Just um. Because we're weird and we're vets, you know. Um, yeah, we want to try and distance ourselves. Yeah, a little bit of Latin. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
cranial so, meaning head. Meaning head, head, yeah. How that works. Yeah, yeah, because it's not attached to the head at all. Head yeah. on your knee. Head on your knee, yeah. Well, it depends whether or not someone's, you know, you're under a pack, Lewis, and some dodgy <laughs> oh, Labrador drops the knee on you. you I know? was thinking more of your MMA style, and the, perhaps that's where it came oh, from. Oh, knee to the head. Or, or WWE, where you're climbing up on the uh, climbing up on the, on the the ropes, and you're jumping off, you know, theatrical style. <laughs> Bang, bang, on the canvas. Knee yeah. on the head, cranial. Oh, yeah. and you jump up, you know. Um, so uh, so uh, cruciate injuries in dogs, it's probably one of the most common orthopedic injuries that we see in dogs. See a little bit in cats, but it's mainly in dogs. Yes. And um, the reason um, that we, oh, first off, you know, what, what is the cruciate ligament? What does it do? Cruciate means cross, because you've got a, an, a cranial cruciate and a caudal cruciate. Yeah. In humans, it's anterior and posterior, and they cross over in the knee because the knee's a stupid inside joint. Inside the knee, Inside right the knee, inside yeah. the joint, yep. Because realistically, the knee is a stupid joint, right? You've got your thigh bone that comes down, and the end of your thigh bone, you've got these two rounded bony structures. They're called the condyles, right? I just have to stop you there, yep. right? So the knee's a stupid joint. Stupid joint. What joints are not stupid joints? Um, your coccyx. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tail joints are very clever, very uh, really? clever. Yeah. They they wag. They you know, how, how many times in a dog's life do they wag their tail, mate? You know, they they <laughs> they, they they never stop. They don't break down. They're the best ones. The rest of them rubbish. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, so the coccyx, toxic, toxic, non-stupid, non-stupid, clever joints, clever joints, joint. knee stupid joints, knee stu- stupid joints, stupid through through bad poor engineering, ah, poor engineering. Yes. So, so the bottom part of your, of your thigh bone where you've got these condos, these big curved things. Now, if you were trying to design something where you were going to have a curved structure, what sort of surface do you reckon that curved structure should sit on, Lewis? Uh, another curved structure, another, I'd imagine. Would make sense, yeah, wouldn't you? you know? so, so what has the knee done? The top part of your shin bone or your tibia is flat, yeah. right? <laughs> flat. So that's pretty stupid. Yes. So then what does the body have to do? Then you've got these little things called menisci, which are little shock absorbers. Now, yes. they're the ones that are curved. <clears throat> little pads, aren't little they? Little pads, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, that these curvy bits sit on. Now, in order to try and keep all that madness in the right position, you've got to have a bucket load of ligaments, including the cruciate ligaments. Yeah. So, so you've got ones on the inside and the outside. You've got your patellar ligament on the front, but then you've got these cruciate ones. And you've got other little ones around as well. But um, So what the cruciate ligament's main job is, is to stop your shin bone from moving too far forward or too far back in relation to your uh, to your thigh bone, so then that way you don't lose stability. Um, and so what happens with dogs is that that cruciate ligament quite often over time starts to get weaker and weaker and weaker, and you can often blow a few fibres here or there until then you have a bigger injury. The dog's been running down at the park, at the beach, chasing after a frisbee, something like that, jumps down off the bed, and then it blows enough fibres that then the leg then becomes unstable yes. and the dogs then are lame. And that's then usually when people come in and see us and go, holy crap, my dog's lame. What's going on, docs? So, yes. yeah. And I think I, I, I remember going to a lecture once or maybe I spoke to a, a specialist once and his comment was, if your dog is lame in the back leg, it's a cruciate injury until proven otherwise. Yes, yeah. Um, that, really that's, common. That's, uh, that surgeon wouldn't happen to have the initials SS, would it? 
Possibly. 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 Yes, yeah, well yeah, known the, Melbourne the, surgeon. The, the, yes. the, the, the fabulous Dr. Sam Snelling. I reckon that's where I got it from as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, still, stealing your thunder there. Yes, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Stealing <laughs> Sam's thunder. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. like the mighty Thor, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got thunder out the mud. No, um, but yeah, I say the same thing. Yeah, you've got a back leg injury. It's cruciate until proven otherwise mm. because it is just so, yes. so common. Yes. Um, so the, it's, it's more common in, in, in older dogs, isn't it? Obviously, you know, generally. Yeah, you can get a bit. Age, yeah. You a generation or a, a loss of, of strength in that ligament as they, as they get older. So you do... I think you tend to see them more when you get older if they're not a, a like it's a traumatic injury where they've you know, been hit by a car or, yeah, yeah. or they've twisted, you know, um, done, done something else in any younger. Yeah, you know, I think there's still some, um, uh, certainly a cohort of younger dogs that'll do okay. it too, particularly if they've got, um, and again, think to, thinking of the, the ridiculous anatomy of the dog's, um, of the dog's leg, that they're one of the things that, that puts a lot of pressure on that cruciate ligament is the angle of the tibia. Yep. So what happens is, you know, if you've got something on an angle, something pushes down, and then it's going to push forward just purely and simply from the physics of it. Um, and so a lot of dogs, if they've got those steep angles, well, then that will put, uh, load that cruciate ligament a lot more. So um, so I think younger dogs will will burn through their ligaments quicker, but certainly right. I mean, in older dogs, I think you can get more of a... You know, you'll often get more of a chronic thing, you know, like, so they might have partials when they're young yes, and then they okay. slowly get worse yes. and worse and worse until you reach that tipping point where you, you know, I sort of, um, you know, equate it to like, you know, you've got someone that's hanging on, you know, someone's just, just hanging on to something and they're right. just hanging there, hanging, hanging there. Hanging on the edge of a cliff or something And, like and they're that. just yes. hanging on, hanging on, yes. hanging on. And, and as time goes on, you get a little bit weaker, a little bit weaker, but then... Sounds like me through my veterinary degree. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It sounds like me when I go for a run, mate. It's horrible, yeah. i just got another 60 seconds to go and I feel like I'm running through concrete. Um, it's only so, four years of a five-year course left. Yeah. <laughs> it's day three. Fantastic. Bring it on, you know. Dogs have hands, all right, yeah. <laughs> Gee whiz, this, this is too much. It's too much. Maybe I can do it as a part-time degree. Um, so, uh, so, so, the, um, so the dogs will, um, so when they rupture their, their ligament or they've ruptured enough of the ligament that then it's unstable, yes. the dogs do a really classic toe-touching stance. Yes. So what they'll do, they'll stand there and they'll just have their leg cocked out a little bit and just be touching their toe on the ground. Um and I always say to clients, you know, I pretty well make the diagnosis when I walk out of the consult room, you know. If I see a dog standing there like that, I go, I reckon your dog's it's done its pretty cruciate. pretty easy to pick, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Sometimes in the dogs that, are, that have, have got the more chronic injuries, it's more tough. Because what happens if you start getting scarring around the joint yes. capsule already... And so the dogs are actually a little bit more stable and you're looking then for signs of swelling or pain within that joint to tell you that no, there's something going on in here, there's something cooking, we need to go searching and diving in a little bit further. Yeah, and I mean usually the first you know, sort of sign is that, that you do get is it's a pretty sudden sort of lameness generally, you know, that yeah. people come and say, oh, look, you know, we were at the park or something happened or, or even nothing happened but we are sort of suddenly... Lame, and, and that, yep. that's how they present, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it doesn't tend to be a gradual lameness usually. I, I guess it's gradual if it's partials until yes. it's not partial yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's right. You know, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the, that thing of, you know, you, you can't be half dead, you know, <laughs> or a cruciate can be partially torn yes. until then it's gone. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they cope pretty well with the partial sometimes, they some do. dogs. 
And then yeah, when it goes, they're they're, they're you know toe touching lane. The toe touching lane, as, as yeah. Or is it hand touching? Hand touching. No, it's a back leg. Yeah, so toe touching. Toe touching. Still yeah. toes there. Great to clarify. Yeah, 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 we have to. The yes. First lecture. First lecture. The yeah. second lecture. That second, one. Second, second lecture. Is it a foot or is it a hand? Um, so, um, so yeah, and sometimes as well, like the dogs might seem, particularly if it's the, the chronic ones and you've got a little bit of swelling, a little bit of early arthritis in there, the dogs might seem okay when they're walking because they warm up out of it. Yes. But then once they get back, they cool down. Then they get up. Dogs can be pretty stiff, you know, and they're just a little bit proppy on that leg until they warm out of it. So it's the, the signs you're looking for, either the obvious signs of lameness that, you know, the dog's not putting any weight on yes. the leg. This yes. isn't right. Yes. You know? Or two, is it just that they're just seeming a little bit stiff, but then they warm up yes. out of it, you know? Um, that thing of where you then want to go and see your vet and try and get a diagnosis. Yeah, and also I find some of them, when they sit, oh, oh yes. sit with that leg in a funny, I don't know how they to describe it. They pop it out. They, yeah, they sort sit of out with in it. front of them, don't they? Yeah, yep. sort of instead of sitting nicely in a sort of hunched uh, hindquarters with the leg, uh, nicely flexed. It sort of sits out and forward a bit, doesn't it? So yeah. oh, it's an often. I mean, stappies are classic. They often sit like that anyway. Sit, sit there with their legs out at, mm-hmm. at either side, like there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, th- so we do often. Yeah, often when they're sitting, owners will say, "Oh, when he sits, it just sits really funny." And, yeah. and that must be to do with a flexion, or a bending of the the knee. I guess it must be must be a bit funny. Well, I guess yeah. When they when they bend it, or um, another thing would be whether or not when they then go to try and stand up that they think, right, well, hang on, I, I can't push off on this leg, you know, like yes, this, this leg yes. hurts too, so I'm going to have my good leg under me, so then that way I can try and go, obviously, and because some dogs can have um can have it in both legs, so, you know, if the dog's got it in both legs, that's even harder, because then, you know, you kind of, I say to people, it's like you're walking around like a cat on a hot tin mm-hmm. roof, you just don't know which foot to be sore on. And that's so, a really good point, I think, if, if your dog's, Done in one leg, yeah. There's a really high chance. I don't know what the stats are. I think it's I think it's like seventy percent. Depends on who you talk to. So it's, it's high. It's seventy percent chance of the, that other leg is going to go at some stage yeah. in the future. And, and as you said, you know, sometimes they can do them both at the same time. Oh, and then you've horrible. got a dog that's basically dragging their back back leg back back end around, and you're yes. not sure. They've got a spinal injury. Absolutely, yes. You know, wobbler uh, syndrome, got a broken yeah. toenail. Yes, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Bit of chewing on between, but yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a real can be a bit of a conundrum for us vets to try and you know identify if they've got both cruciate cruciates done at the same time. So so then they, they come in. How do we you know, how do we sort of diagnose it? What do you what do we normally do? Yeah. So um so I guess the the dogs if they've done it completely. You can usually feel it, depending on how tense the dog is, yeah. you know. Um, so what we do, we do a test where we try and check for the um, the instability of yes. that joint. Yes. So what we do, we try and see whether or not there's forwards and backwards movement through that joint, which usually the cruciate would stop. If the cruciate's not there, then it's swinging in the breeze. Yeah. And you know, okay, yeah. right, there's it's no stability here, itself, it's it? gone. Yeah. 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 Um, sometimes with the, um, you can also do a, um, a test where you flex the foot up and you see whether or not the shin bone goes forward. Yeah. Um, I struggle with that one. I, I, I get it sometimes, but yeah, often I find they need to be fully sedated to get a good feel. Oh, I, and, and I think that it also comes down to whether or not it's a, a partial or a full, and also right. how chronic it is as well. Yeah. Like I think the and even the um, even the test where you're just trying to go that forwards and backwards movement. If it's a more chronic injury and you've got more swelling in there, you've got that what they call the 
periarticular fibrosis, yeah. thickening of the joint yeah, caps around scarring, there, yeah. that, that makes it hard to actually feel that anyway. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the uh, the, uh, the the fabulous uh, Dr. Snelling, um, you know, uh, made sure I knew um, back when I was a student that you get swelling on the inside of your knee, that that can be, again, a sign yes. of what they call medial buttressing, yes. so thickening of that inside ligament in there that you really got to start asking some asking alarm bells. Now, a lot of times people say to me, oh, do I have to go and get an MRI to get diagnosed? Because that's the way that you get it diagnosed in humans. Right. Um, and, and while you could, it's probably going to cost you, yeah. you know, a good you know, a couple of grand. It's not a cheap procedure, it's not, is it? No, no MRI no. in animals is not cheap. There's something so, we can diagnose as a GP, really. Oh, absolutely, a yeah, yeah. Your regular vet be able to diagnose it. Or at least um, get one heck of a big suspicion of it yes. to then think that I reckon that, you know, hooves and zebras, this is what we're dealing with. Yes. You know, there's <clears> nothing <throat> in the hip, there's nothing in the hock, there's nothing in the in the foot. You know, um, zebras have hooves. Hooves. I thought they're feet. Feet. Well, now you're confusing it. Well, well it depends. It's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a hoof, mate. Is it a hoof when they're wearing a shoe or a shoe? No, no. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine, imagine if you had to try and uh, try and be a barrier for, for a zebra. For a zebra. For zebra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A nasty kicker. Right. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Horrible. Yeah. horrible. I, I, barriers. You know, you, you, I remember oh, seeing them at, at uni and stuff, and they go in there and they be hit around it. Like, yeah, no, no thanks. Oh, no, no thanks. They get kicked and, Man, and shot out of the, the crush and everything. It's there's horrible. so many better places to be around than around horses' feet. Anyway, as a, you know, yeah, um, around, so, yeah. Oh, just a horror. Yeah, yeah, you sit there. And, you know, why is the horse kicking me? You're, you're hammering a nail into its foot, you know? You're hammering a nail into yeah. its foot. I mean, gee whiz, and putting steel on there too. Yeah. So if it wants to line you up, then you're just giving it some brass knuckles to try and kick you <laughs> into next week. Anyway, um, so so uh, got, you get your diagnosis, um, and then once you've got your diagnosis, then really it comes down to what are you going to do about it. And really the big the big thing that you want to be doing is you need to try and stabilise that joint because if the joint is unstable, then you're going to get inflammation. Inflammation is going to lead to arthritis, yep. and arthritis is a degenerative condition. And when you've got once you've got that degenerative condition. All you can do is try and slow it down. You can never actually clear it out. So surgery, the main thing for surgery is to try and stabilise that joint quicker before you start to get the arthritis forming. So there's you can sort of break up the surgeries into two main ones. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go to the two, delve too much into the different types because there are so yes. many three-letter acronyms. You know, TLAs. <laughs> you know, um, TPLA, TTA, TTA. TTA, TTA yeah. TTA. T- yeah, yeah, the friendly TTP, airline. The friendly airline. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go very well in the NTTA, you know. No, 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 no. Great, 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 great for cruise ships, bad for aeroplanes. <laughs> um, so the the main things you're looking at are either um, what they call extra capsular fixation, yep. which is where you put a stabilising suture on the outside of the joint. Where's the fishing line? Fishing line, yeah. nylon, you know, yeah. high tensile yeah. nylon. Yeah, right, great. We're talking a shark, high, shark type. Shark or marlin, you know, <laughs> I guess maybe. Something you know, big. Something big, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not talking a, 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 you know, a, a trout. A tip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to be something that you just drop into it at, a, at a trout farm and have a fish jump on the end of it. Um, so big, thick one to pretend to be that ligament. Yeah. And that procedure's got its pluses and minuses. Or the other ones are the what they call the more geometric procedures, where you're, or I call them the bone-cutting procedures. Yeah. You're yes. cutting bone to change the angles of, within the joint, and that's where all the different TT, uh, you know, TTAs and TTOs yeah. and stuff come in. 
They're different variations of the theme of trying to reduce down the amount of forward force you get through your shin bone when you wait there. Yeah. Um, and different surgeons have different preferences. Every surgeon has their preference, I think. You oh, know, and, yeah. And, and the studies, I mean, studies say perhaps some are marginally better than others, but I yeah. think it comes down to surgeon uh, capabilities. Absolutely. What you're used to doing. What you're comfortable with. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I think the end response most of the time is pretty good yeah. you know, prognosis. Yeah. I, I was told by a wise man once, and I don't remember who, a lot wise person, very every chance <laughs> it could have been my nan, but anyway, um, uh, that when there's 20 different ways of doing something, it means that none of them are necessarily that much better than any yeah, of the others. That's, that's you know? sounds like wise advice. And, yes. and so, so thanks a lot for that, Nan. Yeah. Um, so the the big thing with that is that as if your surgeon, be it your, your GP that they can do the surgery or yeah. a special surgeon, whatever procedure it is that they want to do, they're going to do it because they know that that gets them the best outcomes, yes. and that's probably going to be the best one for your doctor. Yes, you know? yep. Um The grey area I think comes in when you're coming into um coming into little dogs. Yeah. Like I think um you know I I always recommend surgery, you know, um but I know in small dogs, sometimes small dogs can go well without surgery. So what, under ten kilos or under five kilos? What are you sort of Yeah, I, I guess the, the line in the sand for me is probably under ten kilos, yep. but there's a bit of a grey zone there in that are they overweight? Are they, um, you know, are they super active? You yeah. know, so if you've got a nutso six kilo Jack Russell, might mm. be worthwhile going in there and trying I, to stabilise it. I love the owner that you say say to the owner, it's a, it's a, it's a 12 kilo dog. And you say, look, if you're under 10 kilos, yeah. <laughs> you probably, you know, wouldn't, you know, there's a chance that we don't need to do surgery yeah, to yeah. and be conservatively treated. Yeah. And they go, right. We put him on a diet. You're gonna drop two kilos of like really? Yeah. There's not much of your dog. No. You go, it's like that, it really needs a surgery. Yeah. You know? So if it's over ten kilos. It's a it's a definite surgical repair. There it's is the no, best option. There's yeah. no um you know uh, my understanding is there's no splint you can use. There's no cast you can use. There's sort of no long term. Um, you know, uh, big full moon boot scenario yeah. that you can use to, to repair it. Yeah, I mean, there are braces and things that you can yeah. get, you know, but um, I, I, I haven't seen the yeah, studies okay. in saying that uh, they are better than it. And really, the braces are there. Again, you're just waiting until the scar tissue forms. Yeah, you know? I've had poor responses with anyone that's tried a brace. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I really don't recommend don't it. Push that. I don't push I don't spend the money on yeah. a brace to, to, that's got to be custom fit to the knee of your dog. Yeah. You're better off saving that money and having the surgery. And put it in for the yeah, surgery. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the uh, like, and with the with so with the small dogs, I mean, uh, what I say to people is, you know, if you want to give conservative a shot, then that's absolutely fine. If it seems like you're not getting anywhere in three to four weeks, then you've you've got to go in. Yeah, and because like a bullet, yeah. yeah, and because a lot of times, or not a lot of times, sometimes in those dogs that aren't going well conservatively, maybe because there's more damage in that joint yes. other than just the cruciate. Those menisci, the pads, the shock absorbers we're talking about. If one of those gets a little tear in it, then yep. you know that's they that. like they like the little Nike Air bubbles you have in your shoes, aren't they? Yes, you know? but you said you don't have the pump things <laughs> like what you used to have when you were a kid. <laughs> you remember those? Oh, did you, you ever have a pump? 
I couldn't afford those. No, me neither. Me okay. neither. But you know, when you used to look at the side of your Nike and there's that, that air bit. The air That's yep. what's in your knee. And then when sometimes those can sort of well, pop, I suppose, or get a little tear in A little tear in there. So yep. you lose your cushioning ability and, and the menisci. And the fact that every time you then weight bear on that, it just splits it yeah. apart, splits yeah. it apart. And they, they don't heal. They squeaks. Don't. Like your Nike shoe that squeaks and when it you does. Yes. Yep, here comes Lewis. Geez, that poor Lewis. He can't afford new shoes, can he? Can't can afford those yeah. nice Reebok pumps, can he, poor mate? You've got no eyes, your pumps are squeaky. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a poor vet student coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to be a ninja in those shoes, mate. Um, so, so yeah, cruise shoots, very, very common, you know, um, you know, surgery is generally the way to go, but, um, you know, in some circumstance you can get away with it, go and talk to your vet, whatever it is, mm. you know, whatever their advice is, is going to be best, but, um, you know, there's, there are, there are options, both surgery and, and, and unfortunately it is costly as well, you know, and so sometimes you do need to try and equate what is available to what the owners can afford because yes. you know 35 40 years ago when animals did their cruciates it was just one surgery yes. we didn't have all the different three-letter acronyms you yes. know so um yes. so uh, you know and those dogs went okay you know it's just that they can go a bit better with yeah. these newer ones yeah. so and, um, and i mean the cost the cost of a good thing we bring up i mean everyone says you know, it's such an expensive surgery yeah but it's a very involved surgery oh, you know? you're oh going man, into a yeah. joint you're changing angles of bones yes you might be, you're putting in a, a prosthetic you know we joke about a, a piece of fishing line but yep. you know, you're putting in a prosthesis there you really it's got to go in the right spot you know, it's and got you're, it, yeah. you're looking at it can be a lengthy complicated procedure it's not just something that you know, trimming toenails or no. whatever it might be so that's uh, you know, where the cost does come in is that yeah. it's, it's not just um, you know, it's not just something simple. It's something that takes years of training. Certainly when you're a new grad and you're yeah, yeah. out of uni, you're not doing cruciate surgeries on dogs. No, 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 no. no. And, and you need to be um, – people – yeah, most people are pretty good with it. But, you know, I guess it's always that hard thing of going, well, I wasn't expecting it. You know, it's that thing of where suddenly yes. all of a sudden you go, well – Hang on, rent's due, you know, my car's, you know, I need, need to get it, you know, and, and it's like, oh crap, now the dog's gone and done its cruciate. But, um, you know, I guess it's not a, it's, it's generally not a life threatening thing, you know, so I guess, you know, you can kind of go conserve for a little while while you get your funds together. Yes. But there's, you know, if it take, you're probably better off taking a few weeks to get things together to do the job right yes. than, than sort of jumping the gun and doing a, taking a lesser a, a lesser option because your dog's going to be walking around on that leg for, you know, for a long time. Rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's, if you are sort of, you know, going to wait a, a week, 10 days, two weeks to get some funds in, it is important that they are on some pain relief. Oh, man, That's absolutely. a very yeah. painful condition. Yeah. Don't, you know, yeah. You, you, know, you look at the footballers, they go down like they're shot. Absolutely. Soccer yeah. players, well, they go down like they're shot. Anytime. Oh, oh anytime. controversial. Yeah. Controversial. <laughs> you couldn't have been more controversial, Lewis, if you had it called football soccer. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Gee, wish you know, I'm really a, sorry, viewers. Uh, yeah, listeners, listen. I'm really polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a, a guy um, called Titus O'Reilly who says it's, um, you know, I either call it football or soccer, depending on who I want to try and insult. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I like Titus. He's very funny. Oh, Titus is excellent, excellent, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, fantastic, uh, Robbie. That's a, that's a really good cover on on um, on cruciate ligaments in in um, in dogs. And um, anyone who's got a lameness, obviously, 
pop down to your vet um, and, uh, and 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 have them have a look at it. Get it checked out and see what's going on. Yeah, we did get a little bit of mailbag uh, this week. That a bit I'll more just, mailbag. Yeah, yeah, a little Fantastic. bit more mailbag. I want to Good. touch on. I got a got a uh, we got an email to two vets talk pets at gmail from Tina. Tina, hi Tina. Oh, good day, Tina. Uh, thanks, thanks for the email. Um, dear Robbie and Lewis, I'm loving the podcast. Hey, fantastic. Especially Robbie, he's hilarious. Oh, see? You know, thanks what, again, Mum. What, what? Is, where's me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, thanks, Tina. I'm not sure I want to answer you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, pass it over here, mate. I'll look after it a bit now. <laughs> I have a question about my cat, Tink. Tink, cat, yes. Cat named Tink. Irregular Tina bit. and Tink. Tina and Tink. Yeah, it's quite the, quite the number, isn't it? Uh, quite the pairing. He regularly does poo outside the litter tray uh, and in my daughter's bedroom. Oh, Please no. help. Oh, yeah. Ah, Tina, yeah. common. Very, yes, very common. Very, very common. And um, especially when they're fresh, oh, my goodness, will cat poo straight, strip the paint off the walls, yeah, won't it? Can have a nasty scent about oh, it. Oh, my goodness, mate. Yeah, yeah so... Look, I, I, the first thing I'm, I'm, that's unfortunately not in the email, that the, the lovely email that Tina sent, yes. admitting obviously she's autocorrected and I forgot to mention my hilarity as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, is 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 the poo of a normal consistency? Oh, yes, so, yeah, yeah. you know, if, it, if it's a recent thing that's occurred, if we've got a diarrhoea or we've had some looser stools recently, yep. um, then, then obviously that can be a reason why a cat will, you know, Poo external to litter tray. There's an urgency. Bang, we need to go. Yep. And even in some cats, after that diarrhea has cleared up, yep. Um, and we're back on normal sort of poos, they can still then start get, be going in the in the wrong location. So right. it's important to to address that first. Is um um is is it a medical thing where yep. we've had loose poos, or is it you know, perhaps something else that's yeah. going on. Sudden busting syndrome. Right. Sudden busting yeah. syndrome. SBS. SBS. Sudden busting syndrome. You go, whoa, I've got to go. And I'm going anyway. I'm going. I'm going to get I'm going away. <laughs> I've got an urgent delivery this. <laughs> oh, it's December again, Lois. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. We can edit that out. We can edit that out. Good, good. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, yeah. So... If, Sorry, if the medical if, <laughs> if the medical uh, stuff is all you know all okay. Yeah. Um, the number the ninety nine percent of the time when a cat is pooing external to, external to the litter tray. Yeah. Not talking about wee or urine here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just poo. Ninety nine percent of the time there's a problem with the toilet. Right. Okay. Pro- you know it's clogged. Oh, no, yep. Yeah. No, no, that's clogged. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the problem with the litter tray. Dad's in there with the newspaper <laughs> that's right. again. That's right. Occupy. Noisy. Yes. The yeah. kids are there. Oh, I get no peace. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Someone's in the shower. Oh, Whatever's going on. So right. You know. So there's. It's. It's. It's going to be a problem with 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 the toilet. And it reminds me of a. Um. When did a house call for a. <clears throat> really uh, intelligent couple. Yes, yeah. Um, in in a, you know, in a Melbourne, and they had a they had a Bengal cat. Okay, yes. And um, noisy and they, things. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, really great personalities. Yeah, really, really individual personalities. And uh, and they called me out because their cat was inappropriately defecating. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you know, I, I think they were legal. I think they were both lawyers or okay. something like that. You know, QCs. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember. Went round to their home. You know the. Oh, I've got this problem. The cat's, you know, you know, pooing outside the litter box. You know, well, I don't know what to do. No, yeah, yeah. We're getting up in the morning, and I'm feeling that squelch between my toes. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
So I pop out, pop out to the, the house and have a look, and you know, where's the uh, where's the litter box situated at the moment? And they take me to the to the human toilet. Right. And have you heard of the litter quitter? Oh have you yes, heard I have heard. Of, yeah, the one so, that tells about that. Is that the one that goes inside of the toilet? Yeah, so it's Ugh, used yeah. on top of a human toilet. Right. And it comes with different sort of size seats, I suppose. Right. So when you first start using it, it's actually just a litter train. You put litter on it, and the cat learns to jump up on the toilet. Yeah. Do a poo in the litter just on top, sitting on top of the toilet. Yeah. And over time, you deep, you 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 swap out the the inserts, and then after a while, there's no litter. And there's just right. a little hole. A little hole? Yeah, a little hole that the cat's meant to poo in. It goes in the toilet. Oh, really? And then you make that hole bigger. Oh, okay. And then bigger and bigger. And then eventually you can remove the hole that it quit and the cat's just pooing on the toilet. Oh, just, just perched on the yeah, edge of the seat. perched on the edge of the seat. Right. And so they had this litter quitter. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. And it said it's been using it really fine for a long time. But just the other day, I went in there and I gave him a bit of a fright when he was on there and he fell in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was out of there. He's gone, Psh! There was, you know, there was toilet duck everywhere. There was a blue through the bathroom. He was gone. Oh, he was no. gone. Oh. And so, and it comes back to that thing of just using a bit of common sense. And yeah. I said, well, so have you got another litter tray for him now? I was like, no, no, we're still trying to get him to go in the toilet. Yeah. I'm going, well, you know, he's not going to go back to that toilet. He's been dunked. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's had the bully he's been... pushing his head in the toilet. <laughs> He's not going back there. And 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 with the poo in there too. Yeah. You know, even worse. Well, yeah, mid mid sentence. Mid sentence. I don't know. Well, I'm not. I, we didn't really go into oh, the ins and outs, but, but yeah. I imagine the kids were perhaps halfway dropped off at the pool, and he's gone skedaddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it was. It's a simple case. In this case, I said, well. Unfortunately, you're just going to have to go back to the litter tray on the floor next yeah. to the toilet. Yeah. You can try giving the litter quitter another stage. And sure, sure enough, they put another litter tray in there. Bang. No more pooing external litter tray. So yeah. that's really, you know, what it is about. You know, the the main sorts of things I, you know, are looking at is is the location of the litter tray. Yeah, yeah. You know, many cats, or most of us like to do, uh, go to the toilet where it's quiet. Yes, yeah, and yeah. cats are no different. Yeah, know? yeah. So they're, they're sitting on the toilet and suddenly the washing machine goes on. Yeah, yeah. Bang, gives them a big fright. Then, yep. you know, that's, that can be a reason why they don't want to go back in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Always, yeah. Or if it's a busy area, there's a lot of people coming and going. And, yeah. You know, that, that can be can be an issue. Sometimes it's... Kids the, looking at them and pointing at them. Exactly. Laughing. The going, cat's doing a poo again. Mr. Whippy's no. <laughs> So, so look, uh, you know, the litter tray, maybe it's it's in a noisy area. Maybe it's too close to the, the food and water. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. What a lot of owners do, they'll put the, the food and water... Right next to it's the litter tray. Well, yes. I'm certainly not a big fan of going to the toilet in the kitchen, nor do yeah. I like eating a sandwich in the bathroom. Yeah, so right, yeah. Really got to try and make yeah, yeah, try to separate them out a little bit. System distance between the two. Yeah. Second thing I say to people is the cleanliness. Yes, absolutely. You know, big thing often, I see it with, uh, you know, with a new baby coming into the house. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, um, the new baby comes home, everyone gets a little bit busier than normal, yeah, yeah. the litter tray doesn't get cleaned as much. Yeah. And so people ring us, oh, Lewis, you know, the, the, the cat's pooing outside the litter tray, it hates the baby. It's yeah. because the baby's home, it hates the baby, what am I going to do? And of course, I'm, I wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 here we go. Quite literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, you know, and we, we talk through it, I might go out to the home and do a yeah. house call or chat to them. And often it's really just they got busy. Yeah, yeah. And they're just not cleaning the Haven't tray. Haven't cleaned the tray. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly like a clean toilet to go on to. Oh, uh, yeah. And a lot of cats do as well. So I would say to owners, 
you know, there should be a full, when it's that sort of scenario, say you need a full clean of that litter tray once yeah. a day. Yeah. Wash it with warm, soapy water. Yeah. You know, and then maybe you can back off your cleanliness once we start using it again. Yeah. But that's sort of where we need to start and get us back to square one. Yeah, yeah. And other things that are, that we talk about is, you know, the litter. Sometimes if you change the litter suddenly, some yeah. cats really go off a certain type of litter. Yeah. Studies show that they prefer like a fine sand sort of litter. Okay, so, yep. so changing back to something like that or even I say sometimes dirt from the from the backyard. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. then after a while you add, gradually add a bit of litter to it over yeah. time um, to, to get them going there. So, um, And then, you know, there's things like number of litter trays. People yeah. talk about, you know, one litter tray per cat plus one extra. I mean, yeah. the important thing, doesn't matter, really my impression of is how many litter trays there are. There just needs to be ability for the cat to get to a litter tray at all times. Yeah, so if you've got right, two yeah. cats and one cat goes, that's my litter tray, you're not going near it, well, you need another litter tray yeah. in another location. Somewhere else. Upstairs, yeah. in another room. Somewhere separated yeah. where, where Mr, you know, I'm not sharing my toilet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you go to the you go to the public toilets and there's one toilet to sit on. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, and so there's a queue, obviously, to go to the toilet, etc. Well, you put another toilet in. Yeah. You don't just put it next to that toilet and not put a cubicle between it. Yeah, you, know, absolutely. you use the toilet together, everyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. what people are doing when they put the two litter trays next to, right each, next other. to each other. Yeah, so yeah. Need to have them in separate rooms, extra litter trays. One per cat plus one extra. Yeah. Um, is often is often I, ideal. Yeah, yeah. A, a good way to go about it. So, look, I hope that that helps Tina and help, helps you with Tink. And um, it's a great question though, because a very, very, very common one. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, th thanks very much for sending it through. And certainly we do appreciate any questions, uh, any questions that, that you may have apart uh, about your pets. Absolutely. You can you know, find us like Tina did at. Uh, to vets talk pets at gmail.com um, and uh, and on all the socials all the socials uh, yeah on Facebook Instagram MySpace and MySpace yeah MySpace. yeah in the yellow pages you know <laughs> standing out down on the corner of the road with a sandwich board new podcast out today <laughs> All so, the ones. And don't forget Lewis as well on uh, at, at Vet Behaviorist on Twitter as well. You, yeah, you can find Lewis's own one on there. Thank you. Yeah. Always good stuff happening on there. Um, and uh, otherwise, yeah, I reckon that's a uh, that's a wrap for, for now. So uh, keep keep liking us, keep um pumping us up those uh, those iTunes charts, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah, it. And uh, keep the, the the reviews coming. We love we love hearing how well we're doing and and uh, and especially those emails about how funny Robbie is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please somebody send one in saying that Lewis is, you know, there's, there's only so many times. We're running out of Kleenex here at the start of the day. We're going to go, let's have a look at the emails today. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay, mate. You know, we, we're both as funny as that. No, they don't mention me. They don't mention me. Nah, um, and, uh, good on you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And we'll uh, speak to you again next time. See, See you later. everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.